The truth is, I don't even like running. I mean, y'all know that anyway, but I love the feeling of pushing myself and giving my training a real purpose. That's why I like to do things like Spartan races. They are the perfect tests of all-around athleticism. They have 5K, 10Ks, even halves and ultras, but with obstacles along the way, even throwing spears. Cardio meets strength and purpose. Try it out. Use code SPARTANDAD, and you can get 25% off any Spartan race. It'd be fun. Let me know you're doing it. I'll go try and do one with you. It's a lot of fun. It's a great time. Use code SPARTANDAD for 25% off a race. Have fun plans for the outdoors? Make the memories last with the best outdoor coolers and drinkware. Celebrating 10 years of cool, Orca was founded in 2012, born from the idea of making a hard-sided cooler that beat out all the rest. Orca coolers are built to be as strong as the adventures you take them on. That's why they have a lifetime warranty while giving you world-class maximum temperature retention. Orca's drinkware offers the same high quality, keeping your drinks icy cold or hot for hours, and they look great while doing it. Their stainless steel vacuum-sealed tumblers and martini cup are perfect companions for your next outdoor adventure. Go to orcacoolers.com backslash bourbon for 15% off your order. That's orcacoolers.com backslash bourbon for 15% off. Orca, make it last. Today's show is also sponsored by our friends at distilleryproducts.com. If you are a store, you're a group, you're a blog, you're a podcast, you're a distillery, whatever it is, you need laser edge glassware at wholesale prices. Reach out to me. I'd be happy to get you in touch with the whole family behind distilleryproducts.com doing amazing things. We use them. You should too at distilleryproducts.com. You just asked me if we had the tortilla talk. What is that about? It's simple. Corn versus flour. Which side are you on? Oh, 100%. I mean, are you talking about tortilla chips or are you talking about the actual tortilla you roll the burrito in? Uh, neither. I'm talking about taco. Oh, you're talking about tacos? <laughs> I am still a soft taco flour guy. If it is a hard tortilla, it's almost like I like the corn. You know, it, it has to be the corn hard tortilla but like i typically like soft flour better in all aspects of my life so you're just a soft flour everyone my name is john edwards with me as always is zeke baker and together we make the dad's drinking bourbon wherever you are whatever time it is thank you for making us a part of your day now zeke is still laughing at his own joke i feel like this is the kanye west fish sticks joke from south park all over again but zeke it is a very special night I'm not going to have the chance to edit this because your ass is a social butterfly and you're always out and you're always doing something. So we are recording this at 1130 at night. I'm not going to have time to edit this before tomorrow. So I need you to talk a little bit faster. Can you do that for me, buddy? I'll try, man. I'll do what I can. I've, I've, I've been conversating a lot lately, you know. The reason we had to do this is as I was going through this, I had a couple people reach out to me and say, hey, you just released episode 399. What are you doing for 400? And I said, well, I had planned on releasing the interview 
with McCormick Distilling and Roy Holiday Bourbon that we did for the Missouri Strait Bottom Bond Bourbon that was a great show. I was like, that's going to be our 400 show. And they're like, you're really not going to do anything for the 400 show? And I'm like, I don't think we did anything for 300. And then I looked back and we had Mike and Danny on from Penelope, which we probably need to do again. We are in the midst of doing another blend. We just finished one blend and we didn't do enough. The yield from the stuff that we put together was not enough to make everybody happy. So we're doing a second blend of Penelope. We should probably have Mike and Danny on to talk about that. What do you think, Zeke? It, it wasn't that, you know, we didn't do enough. It's just what we both agreed on and kind of even more surprisingly came to pretty closely as our, you know, what we both wanted as a blend on our own didn't yield enough to, you know, fulfill all the POs. And we said, look, send us some more. We'll do it again. We're not leaving any meat on the bone here, Sammy. Let's keep it rolling. Now, where are you on the search for new internet? Because as I sit here and say, I'm going to do this, I'm not going to edit. I'm not going to have time to edit. Now I'm writing down certain time things in which your internet went out and it messed up the feed on Zoom. Like, are you going to get faster internet at some point? It it doesn't go out. I think it's Zoom. I mean, literally, either TV I have in the house, they work off Wi-Fi, they stream, you know, whatever apps. They never even pause. But to that note, I'm pretty disgruntled in that I get at least the flyer email once a week about this or that service for internet. And then I type in my address. hmm, Yeah, we're not there yet. (laughs) <laughs> I'm four and a half miles from downtown. Like, what are you going to do to be there? It is going to make it into the country before it makes it to your, I mean, cause we <laughs> all have it down in Williamson County. Why you don't have it where you are is beyond me. I mean, I've literally seen the Google fiber vehicle in front of two neighbors house. I type in my address. Sorry. We're not there yet to service you. We're trying though. I'm like, well, what you got to do? I mean, do or do not. There is no try. Give them some Yoda shit. It's like, bro, you're literally across the street. Like, I see you across the street right now. Can you get fiber into my house? If not, can I run a coupler from their fiber? And then, like, what if I just go in on it with them and we run it over the top of the street and then you give me fiber? I mean, I don't know. The struggle is real, though. I'll tell you that much. The struggle is real. The struggle is real. Everything's real. It is our 400th episode. Can you believe that we have been around for 400 episodes? Like, that is a shit ton. I mean, that's why I got all these, like, age lines on my faces, these late-night stresses you put me through. How am I stressing you out? If anything, it's the other way around. I'm like... Hey, speak quicker. There was a good 10 second pause right there before you actually said your joke. I mean, is this like you have to think about it? Like let the people in behind the scenes a little bit about your your pronunciation and your almost your diction pattern. Hey, there's times I'm quick and times I like to think. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Luckily, I have an amazing producer. You do. And when I have the time to edit. So one of the things I am happy about is I still needed. I mean, 
there are some episodes that are in the backlog that we've done that have interviews. And I will tell you, these episodes have people that say, um, quite a bit. And those people that are in those roles are not always used to like not saying, um, I do a very good job. I don't know about other podcasts and what they do. I always try to take out ums and stutters because I think about the listening audience and I think about the experience for them and I try to take out ums where I can. And there are some episodes that just take forever to edit because of that. And it's like, I get to a point where it's like sometimes like last night, Top Gun Maverick came out on streaming and I was like, do I want to edit tonight or do I want to watch Top Gun Maverick? We know what the answer was and we know what won. I mean, that's fair enough. So after rewatching, do you subscribe anymore to the theory that the whole thing's a, uh, I guess, uh, oh, where he's dead, up. where he died well, after. I was going to say a purgatory ish dream actually was where I was going. It took me a minute to get the word. Well, it's from the rewatchables. Let's talk about this again, because we're 400 episodes in. If we could ask a wish of anything, I think it would be Zeke Baker and I's dream to be a guest on the rewatchables. So if you're listening, like by far outside of dad's drinking bourbon, the podcast we listen to and that Zeke and I agree upon the most and that we talk about the most to each other about is the rewatchables. The rewatchables is Bill Simmons from the ringer and a whole bunch of rotating cast of people that come on and watch movies with him and talk about it. And there's categories. I've even tried to figure out how to make those categories go into dad's drinking bourbon, like not their categories, but if we had categories for whiskey and I haven't a hundred percent figured out how to do this, but it will be something that comes down the line. I promise you we are going to find a way to incorporate some categories into our show. But during the Top Gun 2 Maverick, or sorry, not Top Gun 2, during the Top Gun Maverick discussion, there is a theory that is out there on the internet. So one of their categories is half-ass internet research. And the the theory is that during the tests where, you know, where he met went over Mach 10, that he actually died in that explosion. And the rest of the movie is his afterlife dream or that thing where like the life flashes before your eyes. And he's actually making amends with rooster in his own mind before he dies. I don't know if you believe in that. I mean, it does. It's a very interesting theory. I don't know if I believe it a hundred percent. I mean, it's fair. The only odd thing I've noticed is like that whole scene at the bar where he's like going to suck it up and pay for the rounds. How is he broke? Car ain't got no money on it. Come on. He's just a captain. <laughs> I mean, do you know what a captain in the Navy gets paid? I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying it seems really odd. Like, I wonder what the meaning behind that is. Like, if 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 it is true that this is all a dream. There has to be some other super subtle meaning behind that to have included it in the movie and made it that noticeable. So the salaries of Navy captains, the median salary is 
73,300. The middle 57% of Navy captains make between 73,307 and 183,393. So, that, yeah, bullshit. Like, there's no reason he shouldn't have been able to pay that bar tab. Yeah, and he was a full-on, like, not veteran at that point, but, like, he'd been doing it 20-plus years. And it's yeah. Maverick. He, he, what does he need to live? He's had the same leather jacket for 20 years, maybe the same motorcycle. Like, come on, what did he spend his money on? He ain't got no kids, ain't got no wife. You and I know that's where three quarters of it all goes. And he's in <laughs> California, right? So he's going to be on the higher end because he's in California. The range actually goes up to 400000 for Navy. And I'm assuming like a Navy captain making 400000 is probably doing a uh, nuclear submarine or an aircraft carrier or something like that. But, you know, if you think about what Maverick was doing and... The, the test pilot stuff he was doing. Plus, he was the only guy who had three kills in how long. All that put together, you know he's making exactly. 200K. Saying, there has to be some point to that. I don't know what it is. You and I are, are never going to figure it out. But the fact that scene's in there, it was relevant to someone that had a... The, the plot or the the vision for the movie. Well, the only thing, the only reason why I think it's there is that it was replicating what happened with Charlie in the first top gun and which the fact that he hit on her, but he didn't realize she was one of the instructors. It gave hangman and the rest of the guys a chance to actually throw Maverick out of the bar, not knowing that he was going to come back and be their instructor. So like it was a nod to the first one, in just a different way. That's the only reason why it's in there. That's a big reach. And it gives him a reason to go back and see Jennifer Connelly again to give her the money. Like, it's like leaving your watch at somebody's house. Like, oh, I forgot my watch. Got to come back and get it. You know? Who leaves a watch? Who wears a watch? I wear a watch. I know. There's plenty of other people that wear watches too. I'm actually going to have a watchmaker on the show that his, don't worry. I know you're going to be on assignment that night, but this guy actually started a watch brand and he's a big bourbon fan. Oak is in the name of the brand. And I just find it interesting. There's a whole host of people that are into bourbon like watches. So I want to talk to him a little bit about watches and making a watch brand and what goes into all of that, but don't worry. And I, I know you're busy. It's okay. I mean, shit happens. I was going to say earlier and I <clears throat> got somewhere derailed in our, both of our ADD ness when you brought up it being a, uh, you know, 400 shows. I recently had the conversation cause you know, I was out in Chicago this past weekend seeing kid rock with a uh, Tom our buddy. Somebody's like, well, how many have you seen? I was like, I don't know, man. Like, at least well past 20 by now. They're like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah. They're like, that's not anything you kept count of? I just looked back at her and said, who keeps count? (laughs) Oh, man. Zeke, something I want to talk to you about. We, We do have a new partner, and this is absolutely a partner. And this is a partnership that 
you can be involved with if you want to. I know you're really not a big guy on our social media scene. We've talked about this before. You also did not send me anything other than one video from Delilah's. Bullshit. When I looked up the Zoom link earlier, I sent you a picture of this pizza we had that was the shit. Oh, I didn't really think that was something you wanted me to post because you didn't tell me where you were eating it. I don't know. Pauly Triple P got it. Literally, maybe one of the best pizzas I've had, but it wasn't the Chicago style. Like super thin. The crust was like, I wouldn't say crackery, but that perfect kind of like firmness, but not overcooked. The toppings shone through completely. Like it was all cheese, all like, oh man. I need information. Like I need where to tag. I need, so I know you sent me Delilah's and you sent me a picture of Kid Rock. There was no service at the bar. Like it, it took, I think, two days, or not really two days, but it took forever for that clip to send to you because I kept seeing my phone being like trying, trying, trying. I never got any but pictures of what you were drinking at Tom's house. Like if you had, there was a couple that you put in the chat, but if you put it in a certain chat, I'm not then allowed to go oh, share well, no, it. I didn't, um, it was funny because, I mean, we'd start out, you know, having two or three good pours. You know me, after three, like, you know what? I'm good. Like he sent me a message uh, Sunday night or Monday. Dude, you didn't touch half the good shit. You just crushed my Jack triple mash and Jack bonded. I'm like, well, yeah, I was already three or four pours in. I was just ready to rock and roll, man. <laughs> so the funny thing and not derailing your whole trip, because I know this is turning into a fun little banter session, but Friday I did a pick with Barrels United out of Atlanta over at NBC and we were at Nashville Barrel Company. James doing a great job laying all these barrels out, as he always does. And it is to each their own. Like, it's a great barrel, what we ended up selecting. And the first, you know, when we're narrowing down from the first four, there was one that was just a pure crusher. And then there was one that was very complex and, you know, had a finish and all that. And, I'm like, listen, I know you all think that like Zeke and I are these people that really want all these complex pours, but like when we do a barrel pick, we're like, what is the crusher? I'm not lying to you. Like, that's what I want. When we're reviewing whiskey, we're going to talk about nuances and we drink our complex drinks there. But once we get past, I literally, I, my quote to them was like, once we get past about three pours, we're not going to remember it, so we might as well just find a crusher. So, like, I was voting for the crusher. What we ended up doing was getting another barrel from him that we threw into the mix, <laughs> and that ended up being the one that we got because it was the perfect mix of the crusher and the complex one. So it ended up being exactly what we needed at the end of the day. But uh, I'm right there with you. I was thinking the same thing. Like, I just want a crusher. I'm like, please. But Kid Rock Show was good. Oh, man. Always, always. Other than the the poor people stuck behind me and Tom, because, I mean, obviously I'm pretty tall. He's probably 6'1", I guess, maybe. They weren't going to see shit the whole show. Like, I'd feel bad if I was fifth row when I couldn't see the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> well, Zeke... There's a couple things I have to talk to you about, and and it's when I was talking about the social media, and then we went off to kind of talk about our weekend. But 
we have partnered with PixApp and PixApp is this awesome platform. They have an app, obviously, and it is get picks. So when you're searching on Apple, it's only on Apple right now. We're in the process of making Android, but you could do tastings. You can do regular posts. You can get your taste profile. There's all sorts of tech that you were just beginning to even unlock. Like you can put on your tastings based off of what you put in. It could be like, I think you're going to like this whiskey and this whiskey and this whiskey. And then you can compare against your friends and what their tasting are and all that kind of good stuff. I also love it because unlike Instagram, that is shadow banning everybody. I mean, if you're alcohol on Instagram right now, Zeke, I don't know if you're noticing it because your personal account, you're not really posting bottles and you're not posting other stuff, but the dad's drinking bourbon account, we're lucky if we get a quarter of the likes that we used to got. Get. We used to got. I said we used to got it. That's a, I normally I would edit that out. This is really going to annoy me. I said we used to got, but sounds Italian. We used to got, but the uh, we're getting a quarter of the likes that we used to receive, and stories aren't getting as much as they used to. And we don't use Instagram, right? Like we're not monetizing it. There's not stuff that we're getting from it. We really use it to try to get people to listen to Dad's drinking bourbon. But it's just not even worth it anymore. You know, you see your follower account go up and down, and it's such a game. Picks app, you control the algorithm. I don't know. I mean, can we get you to join and do a profile? I would love to get yeah. you on Picks app. I'll see what I can do. I told you, I think Insta, they're just going more money-based. Like everything that comes up for me now when I scroll it, you know, once, twice a day, is literally sponsored, promoted, because you like this, we think you'll like that. I mean, <clears throat> other than probably like a handful of counts that I almost always put a like to just because it's what you do for, you know, certain things, I don't see shit most of the time. I'm like, can I not see like one picture of like my friends or family or their kids or what they did this past week? I mean, that's all I really get on there for to be legitimate. And it's all suggested crap now. And it's like you look at a watch one time, then you get a whole bunch of watches that pop up. And, you know, if a certain member of our chat group sends a post and then you look at it, then you're stuck getting all those things that you don't want to get. Like, <laughs> you know, it's not fun. But if you put in alcohol and if you're looking at bourbon, like it's not going to put up other pictures of bourbon for you. It's still going to gravitate to this like thing that's centered to the 18 to 24 year old that is a whole bunch of people dancing and reels and all that fun stuff and if you do regular pictures of whiskey or bourbon or whatever spirit you're tasting instagram is going to push them down so the reason i'm going on and on about this is that joel from PixApp actually figured out that i'm in it and i am working the process with him i am making user stories i am you know, giving him feedback for the developers. I'm then testing the feedback after dev work happens. So I am fully involved in making PixApp a better place, a place that's by drinkers for drinkers and a place where, you know, the algorithm isn't going to pop your post down. 
It's not going to all of a sudden sit there and say, oh, it's alcohol, so nobody could see this. It's, hey, everything on this damn app is alcohol, so come share your stuff, share your tastings, comment on your friend's stuff, give us feedback, give me feedback. I will give the feedback directly to them, and we want it to be a place where you know it can get better and it can evolve. So we want to take that input. We want to put everything that we possibly can into PixApp. So we'll still be around on Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff, but you know we're going to concentrate more and more of the regular dad social content on PixApp. And the good thing we could do is like when Zeke and I taste something, we can then put our tasting notes in the app. And obviously I'm not going to do it like right after we release an episode with something, but you know, a couple weeks later, I can go ahead and put in what we thought of Barrel Batch 33. And then that can go in and you can look that up as well as listen to this podcast. So uh, check out Get Picks. Check out all the good stuff they're doing over there at the Picks app. And there's a whole store. So basically based off your profile, like you could buy stuff, you can do Picks packs. There's going to be a whole bunch of stuff in the future that is going to be fun with it, but a bunch of good technology and putting that technology to good use tonight for our 400th episode we are drinking barrel batch 33 barrel batch 33 is a marriage of high rye barrels and high corn barrels raging in age from five to nine years old the high rye barrels were chosen for their distinct stone fruit black pepper and nutmeg notes the high corn barrels were chosen for their rich butterscotch coffee and citrus notes the two barrels mingled together for two months or the two sets of barrels mingled together for two months, then the balance was adjusted for the most optimal combination. So there were five, six, seven, and nine-year-old bourbons. It's 116.6 proof. These bourbons were out of Kentucky, Indiana, and Tennessee. And that's all you need to know, buddy. Fair enough. That any questions? I mean, normally you have questions. I mean, normally I do, but I feel like and I'm not say barrels phoning or dialing it in, but the format just is not anything new. And I, I'm not being negative with that, but like it's to be expected variance in age, usually three, three different states as a source of distillate. And, you know, we laughed when we did this uh, Stellum show not too long ago. And having, uh, you know, Joe on, I really want to ask him because he's done so many blends. I mean, he's got to be a plethora of knowledge, obviously. Like, which ones move the barometer? Like, which ones, you know, push or pull the needle this or that away? And like, yeah, if our yield's this, I can dump x or y in there and it's not even gonna like affect the flavor but it'll get the volume where we want to be but if i'm missing something well here's what i go to because i know it's actually gonna you know push it in a certain direction um i feel like that'd be a fun you know blending conversation yeah i mean i think there's something to be said and i don't think it's phoning in it at all i think you know 33 batches of this stuff there are going to be some similarities but it is 
very much for them taking Kentucky, Indiana, and Tennessee juice and then blending it together. But for whatever reason, even when they do that, there is just a different taste profile from batch to batch. Like you're never going to sit there and go like, Hey, batches 31, 32 and 33 all tasted the same. You know, there are differences in all these batches all the time. And I think it is pretty cool that they figure that stuff out, you know? And I, I also think a lot of the nuanced stuff now is really reserved for barrel craft spirits. And I'm not saying right. They're phoning in the, the barrel batches, but you have barrel craft spirits, you have Stellum, you have all this other stuff. Now there's a lot of stuff not to use stuff and stuff quickly next to each other, but there's a lot of different expressions that are coming out of barrel that weren't there before moving parts. Yeah. New information has come to light, man. But moving parts is a much better uh, term, I would say. <laughs> so, what did you think about this whiskey, Zeke Baker? Um, on the intake, I thought it was a a good sweet first impression, somewhere between good sweet, you know, like summer um, cream corn, something on those lines. Uh, also, a fair amount of vanilla in there. Whatever blend you want to, you know describe between the two flavors also a really good viscosity comes in right away as well uh behind that towards the mid there's some spice i felt like the the oak content that was there quote unquote um it felt more like char than than a wood impression and that it um on top of that spice is in the mid it doesn't get overly briny or salty but does have just a really good drying effect to it that when those two things coupled to me i kind of associate that more with char than and you know a oak traditional finish overall i thought it was a um, a good creamy somewhat simple profile a smidge more singe than i really love or get into but if i'm going there it's back to that conversation of am I trying to analyze and split hairs over something or you and I or whomever friends just sit there pass around a bottle. I think the singe for me is more on the finish, like the back of the roof of my mouth where oh, yeah. it pops up, but it doesn't drink. Even though that singe is there, it doesn't drink one sixteen point six. Like there is just a creaminess to this and i really do get and i I hate that i read that but i put my notes down before i really do get the butterscotch on the nose on this and then the taste profile it's like you know when you get those chocolates that have the sea salt on top of them like it's like it's like the olive sinclair the dark chocolate with the sea salt you've never had it if I have, it's been a minute. You know, I'm more of a candy kid than a chocolate kid. Yeah, but it's like when you mix that saltiness with the creaminess of the chocolate, and I'm not saying I'm getting a whole lot of chocolate notes from this because I still think it really is more in the butterscotch, sweet, vanilla realm rather than like a dark chocolate. But it's like when you get the creaminess of what it would feel like to taste chocolate and then sprinkle sea salt on top of it and then have a slight burn at the end. That's what I'm getting on this one. 
I say that, and this isn't even like one of those things where people are like, oh yeah, we read between the lines. You really didn't like that one, did you? I like it. It's just not the most, I think I've had more complex batches from them. I think this is a really solid batch. I It's good. It's not one of my favorite ones, but it's not one that I'm like, oh man, I don't like this at all. I still think this is one that gets killed over a weekend just because it is, it, it's the thing that you're going to drink after those first three pours. A hundred percent for me going back to like our conversation from earlier. Yeah. And I, I would agree almost across the board there. Like my, my comment on singe is just because we're critiquing or analyzing it. And you know, it's what you're supposed to do, throw the nuances out, but it's not like it's a deal breaker by any means. Um, I, I would say almost to jump ahead into like the next round of uh, what we would normally talk about the fact that it's much more in that crusher space, but it's not a crusher price is kind of where I would get a little murky, like, hey, you know, I don't like drinking that much money that fast. <laughs> I'm right there with you. I think I almost would have liked to see this type of blend go to the stellum portion that is kind of that more affordable you know, line of this. But I do think about people that spend, you know, $200 for a honey finished bourbon, which is a whiskey, but uh, people that spend $200 for a honey finish. And you, know, we've said this all along. One of the reasons I don't like honey finishes. I mean, I love them, right? But I'm not going to go buy one is because I know I'm going to drink it real quick. Like I know when that honey is on there, it then becomes a crusher for me. And I'm like, I'm not spending 175 bucks for something that I'm going to kill in two days. Yeah. I mean, definitely like to me, that would be honestly probably my only like gripe gripe would just simply be no one's going to complain if they get this. I don't think it's just, it's a, a crushed drinker and at the price point, they normally have their batches. It's tough to say like, ah, you know, two days. Here, want to binge you. <laughs> hide it. So when y'all get this, take a couple of pours, hide it. Then have somebody bring it out for you once a month, like whatever it is once a week, but uh, hold on to it as long as you can. It is a great pour. We thank barrel for sending us this whiskey we hope you send us more i know they just released a new one in their line that had some mizanara finish on it so i hope we get that one barrel you know where to find us the folks you can find us on facebook at dad drinking bourbon twitter at bourbon dads instagram at dad drinking bourbon please leave us an open and honest review just like we leave open and honest reviews about the whiskey we drink zeke it's been 400 episodes i think you have been on 310 of them um so i appreciate everything you've done i appreciate i was literally gonna guess 300 and then you beat me to it (laughs) (laughs) but uh where else could the folks find us (laughs) 
as always, good old Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, I'll, I'll try and keep batting around. Uh, what's what's that average? Seventy five. Yeah. You're about seventy five percent. Hey, that's pretty solid, man. Cheers. Ciao.